Welcome to the Tree Leaf Zendo podcast. Tree Leaf is a Soto Zen Sangha available anytime, anywhere at treeleaf.org. Come sit with us. We're going to be reflecting on a few of the koans from the Book of Equanimity, the Book of Serenity that we've been dancing with in the uh, No Words Book Club the last few weeks. And whenever I mention koans, I get a number of reactions. Some people say, oh, you know, I love my Zen and everything. I just don't get those koans. Or I thought we're not supposed to talk about the koans. So let me talk about that just for a second before we get started. First off, um, I just don't get the koans. They're strange. They use weird imagery. I don't get the jokes. And for that reason, you know, if you noticed, I've gotten in the habit of, of posting pop songs and old goldie, golden oldies to go with the kind of the theme of each koan. And uh, if you listen to the lyrics, I always put the lyrics too. If you, you look at the lyrics, lyrics, well, they don't make sense. You know, you hear all these songs. Billy Joel's talking about the river he can't cross. And the other guy is standing in the shadow of the, the grass, which she got her jeans dirty. If you were in the book club, you'd know what I was referring to. I posted all these, these songs. And they're filled with funny images, jokes. Uh, things that just don't make sense. They just kind of, <clears throat> some kind of poet, poetics. But they all, every song, yeah, at the same time kind of means something. Well, the koans, if you, if you can get music like that, you can get the koans. We have our, our poet here, our, our, our tree leaf poet emeritus, Yakshin, is here, and uh, he writes his poetry. I actually understand uh, the, the poems of Yakshin uh, that uh, he's written, which maybe is a bad thing, Yakshim, that I actually understand your poems. But the the language of these koans was supposed to express something that's hard to express. So they'd use jokes. They'd use poetic images. They'd use scenes from nature. They'd use things that have a logic to them that's not our ordinary logic. And that's why they're they're beautiful. They're powerful. So just keep that in mind. If you can get a, a country song like um, The Coal Miner's Daughter, Loretta Lynn, you know that one? I'm proud to be a coal miner's daughter. Pardon me. Pardon me, Loretta. No offense. Well, you know, that's a song that says something. And uh, the other people say, well, I, I thought we we're not supposed to talk about the koans. Well, in the Soto tradition, the koans actually are teaching stories. They actually have a point. It's not our usual logic, day-to-day logic, but it is Zen logic. It's teaching something that's traditional to us. Now, those other folks, the Rinzai folks, they're the ones who say, oh, you're not really supposed to 
talk about these koans, except they do too. They mean during Zazen. So what they would do with the coal miner's daughter is they would just strip everything away the rest of the song and they just sit there going, coal mine, coal mine, coal mine, or, or coal, 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 until they have this experience, they, they, they believe that just by repeating that mantra, and it is a mantra, uh, they, they become one with the coal mine, you see. But we actually teach what the song is about. You got it? So that's what I'm going to try to do today with a, a few of these cons. And I, my job also is to make this relevant to your life. Some of it is, yeah, about the universe and who we are and, you know, all that wowie stuff. And some of it's about life, your life, day-to-day stuff. So I'm going to try to tie that in too. Now, the first one I also have to explain is one of those koans that has a little slapping or hidden. And people say, I don't like that too. I thought Buddhists were supposed to be all peaceful. Why are they hitting each other? And uh, the, the song I posted for that, by the way, was Hit Me With Your Rhythm Stick. I'll, let me let me try my ger- German for Danny. Ich bin ein Lunatic. Remember that song? Doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean it. But anyway, I thought Buddhists were supposed to be peaceful. Why are they hitting each other? I don't think they were really, for the most part, unless somebody was really... Uh, just uh, unusual. I don't think they were really beating each other. I think they were friendly, like little taps, you know, like that. Just wake up. I don't think they're really, don't, don't think they're really striking each other 30 times like it says sometimes. All right. Attention. Rinzai asked Master Obaku. Rinzai was just a student then. Obaku was his teacher. What is the ultimate meaning of Buddhism? In response, Master Obaku just hit him. Didn't say anything. This happened three times. So finally Rinzai had enough of this and he left Master Baku and went to see Master Daigu, thinking Master Daigu will finally explain this to me. So Master Daigu asked, where did you come from? And Rinzai replied, I came from Master Obaku. And Daigu asked, well, what did Master Obaku have to say, and Rinzai replied, well, I asked him, what is the ultimate meaning of Buddhism three times? And three times, he gave me a little, I don't know if I was at fault or not. Was what I said wrong or not? This is the key in the koan here. Daigu exclaimed, Master Obaku is such an old grandmother to be so very kind to you. But still, you come and ask me if you are at fault or not. At these words, Rinzai attained great enlightenment. Now, what, what could that possibly mean? Sometimes I get people, like every day in the forum and sometimes privately, they ask me all the questions. You know, So what is Zazen? What is Buddhism? Why are we doing this? What is time? Who am I? And I do the best to point them to the sitting cushion or give them a little Zen perspective on these questions and tell them to continue. Sometimes we use the famous thing, just go sit. You'll, it'll, it'll become clear. Go, go sit. But every once in a while, like a couple of times this week, I had someone come to me in uh, like a dokusan, and they said, I said, so what's your question? And they said, I don't have a question. 
And first, when they say that, I wonder, oh, is it just the, per the person so stubborn, they're caught in their own ideas? Is that it? That's not good. That's not the kind of, I don't have a question. I just know. That's not what, what I mean. They looked at me and they said, no, I've been doing this practice for a while. I don't have a question. Why is the river flowing? Isn't it amazing the river's flowing? I don't have a question. Why are we here? Isn't it astounding we're here? I don't have a question. Where do we go when we die? We go where we go or don't go. I don't have a question. And then the student turned and said, I just wanted to say thank you. That was the whole conversation. So I guess after uh, Rinzai asked, what is the ultimate meaning of Buddhism? And Obaku just kept saying, get out of here. He finally realized, it's not a question if I was at fault or not, if I was right or wrong. Who needs the question? What fault could there possibly be? What fault is there in the rivers flowing? No question. Something like that. So I hope you all get to your point in your practice where you don't have to say all the time, what's it about? Why are we doing this? What's the meaning? You just let the river flow. And is that just in our Zen practice? No, in all of your life. Not everything in life goes so wonderfully. Uh, I'll talk about this a few times. My big example was uh, three years ago, about I was uh, sick in a hospital bed, feeling pretty miserable. Sometimes I didn't like it. I resisted it very much. Why am I here? What's this all about? And sometimes I just let the river flow. No question. Sometimes we're in a marriage or a, jo a job, it gets a little bumpy. Yeah, we have to decide, do I stay? Do I go? What's this all about? Did I make a good choice? Am I doing the right thing? Yeah, okay, we, that's human to ask those questions. And other times we just look at our life. I was in the hospital bed. I just looked out and I said, yeah, I'm in the right place. Let it flow. Oh, I was pretty miserable or the job or the marriage sometimes can be hard. That's not what I mean. I mean, even with all the hard, even with the wires that were coming in and out of me, I was feeling pretty miserable, you know. I was thinking, oh, I don't like this very much, but oh, I'm in the right place. It's okay, river flowing, no question. You got it, something like that. Any questions? That was a that was a trick question. That was, I'll, I'll, but there's room for questions at the end. Really, have some questions. Okay. Really, have some questions at the end. We got all this beautiful technology. Let's use it. All right. Sozans with or without. That's another song. I should have posted with or without you. With that's you too. You know. But I think I, I posted something about the kuzu vines. Oh, wait a second. I got to get my kuzu. Stand by. We got visual effects.
my kuzu. It's all over the place here. Yes, indeed. Okay. Put it. There you go. Wear it. All right. Attention. Sozon arrived. Oh, this is really smelly. It's been sitting out. Okay, anyway. Sozon arrived at Isan's and asked, I've heard that you say to be with or without words is like a vine dependent on a tree. When suddenly the tree falls, the vine withers. Where do the words return to? Now, there's a couple of things to remember there. People sometimes think that Zen is supposed to be beyond all words. And it is. There's, a, there's something we realize about this universe that's beyond all words and categories. Words like me and you and this and that, yesterday and tomorrow and birth and death. We toss all those words out and there's some whole thing that's so whole that it doesn't need any word. Okay? And it's important we realize that in our Zen practice. But there's also the part that Master Dogen reminded us is that wholeness is even in the words if you have a, a good Zen ear and a Zen eye. Even in me and you and this and that and all this world, world of division and chaos, it's still the silent place, the wordless place. The wholeness is right here in these weeds around my neck. The wholeness is right in you and your job and your life. Okay? So the thing here is when the tree falls, the tree could represent the world when the world disappears, do we need words? Where do the words return to? Well, Master Dogen felt that we, we want to realize that that's beyond words, but also realize that in all this world of chaos and words and categories and me and you and like and dislike and friend and enemy and win and lose, the silence and wholeness is still there. Okay. So when he got this question, Isan laughed aloud and said, aha. And Sostan again gets annoyed. I've come a thousand miles selling my cushions, Osho said, how can you play around with me? And Isan called his attendant and said, you know, you're right. Give this guy a bus ticket home. That's basically what the next line means. Sorry, you came all this way just to me to say, aha, to your big question. Here's a bus fare. I'm going to take this off because it's really itchy. <laughs> Kuzu. I'm going to talk about that in a second. Later, Sozan arrived in Miosho's place and told the same story, and Mosho observed, I would say that Isan was right from head to tail. It's almost like the first story. The guy goes to the second teacher, and the second teacher tells the guy how good the first teacher actually was by not saying anything. And Sozan asked again, when a tree falls and the vine withers, when the world disappears and all the wor words disappear, where do the words return to? And Miyoso said, ah, once again, you make Isan laugh. Ah, you silly guy again. And suddenly Sozan had a re real, uh, realization and exclaimed, from the first, Isan's laughter had a sword. And that's the sword of wisdom that cuts all the division back to wholeness. Let me explain this. This is my kuzu. I 
have you know Kuzi? You got you anybody from the south here? I don't know if you got another place around the world. Any southerners here? You got your kuzu, man. I got kuzu. It came from Japan. It grows a meter a day this time of year. It uh, kuzu's fine. The thing is, it gets up in the trees and it starts winding around the trees. And if you leave it long enough, like a year or two, it's going to strangle the tree. Gets in my driveway. I got to drive through it. It's like one time I went in there and I swear it was like the like the twilight zone. I swear that stuff gets around your neck and tries to pull you in there. I'm telling you, it's alive. Now, I have a field next to mine. I wish I could show you where the kuzu is as long as the field. It must be, I don't know, 100 meters and as high as over my head and thick as a, as a farm field. I mean, it's just a big field of kuzu. And I used to think it was my enemy. So I used to get in there with my chopper, trying to chop the kuzu. It's my neighbor's land. My neighbor kind of abandoned the land. She's an old lady, so she can't take care of it. So I would get in there, even though I'm not supposed to, and cut the kuzu. Because it's my enemy. It's all the tangling complexity of this life. It's me in the hospital bed. It's that job. It's the marriage. It's all the stuff. I got to clear it away. I got to get rid of all these problems. Then one day I realized, you know, Actually, this kuzu is kind of nice looking. It also makes a, I always want to build a wall there to have some privacy. It's a huge wall of nature higher than my head that I, it's green, it's lovely, and it blocks the street. You know, we get the trucks, you can hear them passing here sometime. Can't hear them, it blocks the, it keeps it quiet here. I still tend to it. I try to keep it out of the trees, keep it out of my driveway. You know, I do, but the, the kuzu can have the rest. I let it be. The ground that I was trying to get to, the open space, is the kuzu. I was trying to clear it away, get down to the dirt, the empty open space. No, that empty ground is alive as all the tangling complexities of life. Yes, I try to not let it go to extreme. That's our Buddhist practice, moderation. Tend to the extremes. We don't want it to overflow. Do our best. But I leave the kuzu now. I like it. Everyone complains about the kuzu. Kuzu is great. Please come visit sometime. You can help me trim the kuzu. Serious stuff. Okay. All right. There's more over here. Boy, what did I bring all this in? Oh my gosh. Okay. So uh, the complexities, the tangles of your life. I guess I'm saying befriend them. Let them be. They're also the, the simple and wordless. Okay. Shurangama's Unseen. We'll start with the poem at the beginning, the preface to the assembly. To have seeing and unseeing is to light a torch at midday. To have no seeing and no unseeing is to pour out black ink at midnight. If you believe that seeing and hearing are like the phantom shadows, you will know that 
sounds and colors are like flowers in the sky. Tell me, is there any sutra teaching at all that we Zen students may talk about? In Zen and Buddhism, we often say that that wholeness is so whole that there's no seer who sees something separate. You right now are feeling like you, looking out through your eyes at me, the rest of the world. That's because the brain is dividing the world into you and everything else. What's inside your eye, behind, between your ears, as I like to say, and everything outside the eye. Okay. But from a Buddhist perspective, there's an eye so whole that there is no inside or, in, or out. There is no separate seer and no separate scene. So we say it's a seeing, but not a me to see something, a seeing so whole that it is the eye itself. The whole universe is this one eye. When we sit Zazen, we sit as this one eye, where there's no separate seer and seen. It's all the seeing. Like that. But if you try in your mind to think about this and to separate the see, the seeing, and then you call it the unseeing, it's the, it's it's a waste, like like lighting a torch at, at, at midday. Or if you speak of no seeing or no unseeing, it's like pouring ink at midnight. Kind of a, why, why bother? Just be the seeing. So the main case. And, and this, this whatever it is, this seeing and unseeing, whatever it is, is all the things of the world that we see and is us the seer too. All the division, again, all my kuzu is the, the wholeness of the ground. So the main case. In the Surangama Sutra, Buddha says, when I am unseeing, why don't I see the unseen place? You get it? If there's no... The unseen place, nirvana, if I see it, I try to see it as a separate thing, it's separate. But if I'm doing this seeing, the unseen place is not something to see. You kind of get it, the logic there? If you turn, okay, my destination, the nirvana, the pure, it's over there, it's something to see. You're turning it into a thing apart from you. If it's just real seeing, you cannot see it. You, you, because there's no separate you, cannot see it. There's just seeing. When I am unseeing, why don't I see the unseen place? If you say that you see the unseen 
That is not the unseen feature. If you don't see my unseen ground, then naturally it's not a thing. Why isn't it that you are not? All I want to say is, in life, we're always dividing and seeing things, things we like, things we don't like, things that scare us, things that please us. There's another unseeing that's beyond seeing or unseeing. It's the seeing that's beyond these things that you separate and judge and yourself. When we sit Zazen, we sit this whole that there's just seen. You have a question about that? Back to the first koan. Just say, no question. Thank you. <laughs> All right, let me try a couple more. Tozan's no grass. We've had no weeds, now we have no grass. Attention, Master Tozan addressed the assembly saying, it's the beginning of autumn and at summer's end, my brothers, some of you will go east and some of you west. They have a big retreat in the temple. At the end, everybody goes on their travels. I guess some of them may still go visit their family. Other people just go visit other temples. Other people might, I don't know, the, the bad ones might uh, go off and be very unmonkly. We don't know what they're doing. We hope not it's anything too bad, but people wander off, off into life for a while. It's a uh, summer break. My kids start summer break here on Monday, by the way. But straight away, go to a place where there is no grass for hundreds of miles. The grass, again, like the weeds, like the words, represents all the separate things of the world. The things we like, the things we don't like, friend and enemy, you and me, win and lose, mine and yours. All the, these are the, the grasses. Another word for would be uh, dharma would be phenomena. All the phenomena that we see, all the things we see. Go to the place where there's nothing to see. Go to the place where there is no grass for hundreds of miles means forever. After a pause, he asked, but where is this grassless place and how can you get there? It's the same question as where is this unseen place and how can you see it? It's the same question. How can you get to the grassless place? It's not a place out there to get to. It's not just in here either. It's beyond here and there and in between. Where is this grassless place and how can you get there? Where is this place without the weeds? Where is this place without the words that they were talking about in the first one? Where is this place where when the words just go, there's no words, no weeds, no blades of grass, no separate things? No me and you and this and that. Where is this place? How do you get there? Later, Master Sekiso commented, oh, you want to get there? Just go out the gate and there's grass. 
And Master Tayo later said, or stay inside and don't go out the gate. There's still grass everywhere. What could they possibly mean? The place with no grass is the place with the grass. The place without weeds is the place with all the tangled weeds. The place with wholeness and no problems is the place of life with all the division and problems. Don't think you have to strip away the, the weeds and get to the ground to find the ground. The weeds are the ground growing. The place without words is in all the complex words of life. The place without seeing, you're looking at it right now. See this coffee cup? This is the universe. See this stick? Also the universe. See our other friends around here in Zoom? The universe. Look at yourself. The universe. You don't have to go out the gate or stay in the gate to get to the grassless place. And as a matter of fact, the grass, all the phenomena of this world, all the complexity and tangles still growing is the grassless place. We sit Zazen to realize this. We sit Zazen to realize that the wholeness, the clarity, the peace is in this sometimes anything but clear, anything but peaceful world, just like that. I was in my hospital bed, feeling pretty miserable, lots of problems, that's why I'm in the hospital. Worried about things, what's the future gonna hold? And every once in a while, it was crystal clear, just the river flowing, no question, thank you. Okay, uh, one more here. <clears throat> This is about the dreams. Question. Yes, okay. Question. You, ha you didn't put a song with that last uh, koan. Could I suggest a song to go with that last koan? Only if you sing it. Yeah? Hold yes. my uzu while I kiss your wife. <laughs> no, I don't know what that meant, but that was funny. Okay. <laughs> Kyo-san respectfully declares it. It's about how life is a dream. Sometimes we think that this is real and a dream is what happens when we sleep. Or Harry Potter's a fantasy. This is real life. And it's the Buddhist perspective that sometimes what we think is real life is more of our shared dream right now than we realize it. We were all born as babies. We had no idea. You say, oh, it's a microphone. No, you weren't born with a natural inclination to know what a microphone is. You learned that. You, you never heard of coffee cup. You learned it. When the first time your mother put a cup by your lips, you gradually got the idea, oh, cup, that's a cup. I didn't have any idea when I was born of what a cup is. You continue that through elementary school, high school, and finally you've re realized what the real world is. Well, you've been taught a lot of it. And it's a shared dream. It's a shared dream. Now, I'm not saying that there's no cup here. Watch. I'm saying this life is more of a, of a mental construct, as we would say in modern terms, than we realize. 
So that's what, uh, let me read the, the main case first. Kyozan had a dream in which he went to Maitreya's place. Maitreya is the f- future Buddha and sat in the second seat. That's like one of the, the VIP seats, you know, the expensive tickets. The Venerable Maitreya said, today it is time for the one in the second seat to speak. At that, at that Kyozan stood up, struck the podium. I should do better. There you go. Struck the podium with the gavel and said, the Dharma of the Mahayana is beyond all words. I respectfully declare it. Okay. So he gets up and he goes, the Dharma is beyond all words, and I'm using words to say it, which makes no sense. And he's doing this in a dream. And some people say just the sound of the gavel hitting. That was it. That was the wordless thing. Again, he's using words to describe something beyond words, but it's right in the words. And he's having this dream. But Master Dogen would ask, is he having a dream? And then he wakes up? Or are we ignorant in this life? And when he had this vision of insight in the dream, he had woken up. Or is everything a dream within a dream? That was Master Dogen's famous saying. And it's all a dream within a dream. You're dreaming this now. I mean, I, again, it's real. I'm here. Don't, you know, everyone's here. Don't, uh, I, I, sometimes we get people with a very fragile mental state and they go, oh my gosh, it's not real. And I actually have to calm people down every once in a while. Please, no, I, it's, it's real. This is maybe why they slap in Buddhism. I would do that right now. It's, it's real. Here, feel that. Okay. Pinch yourself. It's real. Okay. But it's not completely real. It's largely a mental construct. For that reason, it's like a dream. Dream, let me say this. Dream your life well. Let me repeat that. Life is something like a dream. It's up to you. You you can't determine everything that happens in the dream any more than when you're asleep at night. I I had a dream last night. For some reason, I I drank the cat's water in my dream. That's all I remember. I don't know why. In the middle of the dream, suddenly I said, I have to drink the cat's water. Tasted terrible. I don't know why. That's whatever. So I don't know why I did this in my dream, but that's not the point. The point is this life we're having now, you cannot determine. I could not control why I did that in the dream last night. You cannot determine everything in your life, but a lot of, a lot, I'm, let me put the microphone down again. A large part of this life is up to you. People turn their lives into nightmares. We all know what I'm talking about. People mess up their lives unnecessarily. We see it every day in our families, in our town. It's sad. I'm saying to you, you have more control over your dream than you know. Dream it well. That's the meaning of the preface by the assembly. To say, oh, I am sober. I'm awake. I'm, I'm here. Is to be a stumbling drunk because you don't realize how much of this dream you have control over. Kyozan speaks of a dream as if he were awake. Great Zen masters talk thus and all of you listen thus. Tell me, is this waking or is it dreaming? 
So know the place beyond words, beyond grass, beyond weeds. Know that it is found in the weeds, the tangles of life, the hard times. Know that the place beyond separation, beyond conflict, friction, the place that's so whole there is no division, know that it is this very life of division and conflict and, and sometimes war and troubles. Taste that on the cushion. And then, with this knowledge that being awake is sometimes to be asleep, and being asleep, you can still be awake. Dream this dream within a dream, and dream it well. That would be a dandy country song. Okay, that's it. Questions, please. If you really have no questions, you can at least raise your hand. I just like to use the technology. You can at least raise your hand and say, no question, thank you. <laughs> no. Yes, Tim. Tim, yes. Put your, oh, that's it? <laughs> Put your, that was yeah. No questions, sign. No question, sorry. Tim, where are you located? Well, I'm located in Thailand. Yeah. Where are you from? England. I'm from England. Yeah. Oh, which, which part? Well, originally from Manchester. I don't know if you know that. Uh, oh, yes, north. yes, yes. No, yeah, you can't so, tell me. Uh, Half my family's in Leicester, right down there. Really? Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, Very yeah, I'm over, I, uh, I live in Thailand, uh, the north, and... Uh, actually work online at the moment. I should be working in China, but with the situation, we're all working from home. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's my situation, yeah. So I, I didn't have a question. <laughs> well, very good. Northern Thailand, beautiful place. Yeah, very nice, very nice. Nice weather at the moment. Anybody else, anything at all? Anybody like cones or don't, don't like koans? I, I said cones, that's me. Anybody doesn't like, that's, that was a Freudian slip. Anybody likes koans or doesn't like koans? Let me know why. Brian, yes. I enjoy them in this context when there's like an explanation that follows and that kind of gets me thinking. But um, otherwise I have a hard time with them and I don't find myself like seeking them out at the moment too much. But if there's an explanation that follows, I, I enjoy them. That was truly the, the words beyond words because I only understood half of what you just said. The sound was a little bad, but I understood you enjoyed it. Yes. Uh, I enjoy them if uh, there's an explanation that follows. It's, it's on my, my computer, but I'm not sure if that came through clear or not. Now, the, the koans, uh, as you can see, usually people didn't write them just to be... Uh, meaningless or people were trying to say something and what they were trying to say was basic Mahayana Buddhist doctrine 101 
things like the relative and the absolute and the 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 undivided and the divided and the uh, time and the timeless and things like that. So they're, they're, they're teaching stories. The other for the Rinzai folks are entitled to use them just to, you know, they can sit there Zazen and go Kuzu, 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 Kuzu and become one with the Kuzu. It's a great practice. I'm not putting them down at all. It's just a different way to uh, uh, appreciate koans. But when they say that, oh, you should not talk about or explain the koans. It's like Manjusri at the end, or uh, the Maitreya scene at the end, uh, where he uses words to talk about the wordless. That's what we do. We use weird words to talk about the wordless, try to remind people that it's, the wordless is also in the words. Okay? Anybody, anything else? Yakshi, you have a poem for us? Oh, yes, yes, Sekshi. I was just thinking about your uh, your kuzu, which I think here in the south of the United States we call it kudzu, but I think it's the same stuff. Um, but uh, no, what I was going to say is um, on our property here, our kuzu is uh, multiflora rose, which is another um, invasive species from um, from Japan originally, I believe. Uh, thank you. They were we don't have to thank us. Thank you. <laughs> Well, actually, it's uh, the um, the agricultural department in the 1920s um, encouraged people to grow it everywhere because it's natural fencing um, and it helps uh, stop erosion because it grows very quickly, it has very complex root systems, but it also has got lots of lots of you know sharp hooky things, and uh, one multiflora rose can put out about a million seeds a year, so it spreads everywhere. Anyway. Um, we have quite a bit of it on our property here. And uh, what we did is we got seven goats. <laughs> Which sounds like the end of a koan, right? And Seki, she said, <laughs> seven goats. <laughs> I, I just want to ask you, because I thought about getting goats here too. I just got two concerns. Number one, somebody said, you have to walk your goat. Because otherwise they get goat arthritis. I don't know. Jacko did this here. Do you do goats, Jacko did? She, she's an animal expert. Okay. The other one is, uh, what do you do during the winter with the goats? And, and, and someone said, my neighbor said, oh, you, you, you have a barbecue. And I said, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to like befriend a goat all year. And then like, you know, the end of the year comes and we're, and they said, no, you just get new goats next year. I don't want to do that. So what do you do with your goats during the winter, Sergei? Ah, see, we, um, they're not our goats. We're just using them for a while. <laughs> oh, not Find our a friend with goats. Okay, that's the answer. Rent a, rent a goat. I'm going to start a new business. All right, uh, Yakshim, I'm going to put you on the spot. Could you uh, close with a brief poem of your spontaneous composition to end mm. us today? Yes, I... You have the tortilla, and you bake tortilla over a flat iron. It's this kind of round, uh, flat. Uh, uh, it's it's like a pan, and and usually you flip from one side to other side, and some way coins for are like you can just flipping 
the tortilla from one side to other side, or maybe you just, just can eat the enchilada. And I think that also like, um, uh, to koan is not just like flopping the tortilla because you can also get uh, burned. It's just uh, eat the enchilada. I think eat the quesadilla, I will say eat the quesadilla. That's the koan is the whole enchilada, but it's both sides of the no-sided tortilla. Both sides of the no-sided tortilla is the whole enchilada. Thank you. Okay, on that note, we've said way too much. Jacqueline, would you... Thank you for joining us for the Tree Leaf Zendo podcast. Tree Leaf is an online practice place for people who cannot easily attend a Zen center due to health, location, work, childcare, or family needs. We provide netcast Zazen, retreats, discussion, Jukai, the support of fellow practitioners, interaction with a teacher, and all other activities of a Zen Buddhist Sangha, all fully online, accessible anytime, anywhere, without charge. Come build the future of online Zen community and practice.